Simon, thanks for joining us in the QPR podcast. Um, it's been a long time since we've been back to Rangers and um, you're doing a wee event on Sunday at the Bush Hall. Are you happy to be coming back and talk to so many QPR fans? Yeah, well, it's something that I rarely do. You know, it's like um, I'm not someone that looks back on the past with a lot of nostalgia and things like that. I'm always looking forward. But, uh, you know, I was asked to, if I'd be interested and, you know, a couple of years ago, I did the, the Hall of Fame and, and got uh, got accepted into the Hall of Fame. And I found that the, the reception from the fans uh, was just um, too engaging, too nice not to come again. And so this opportunity came up. And uh, it gives it gives the fans to get together to, to nail me on a few questions, like, you know, things that happened uh, uh, while I was at QPR and things did happen. Simon, you can't tell me that you... I'm sure Jim Gregory was a brilliant chairman and never did anything wrong, and that team were all angels, I'm sure. Well, exactly. I, I mean, I've got stories about Jim Gregory. I've got stories about all the players. Uh, <laughs> whether, whether they'll be talking to me afterwards, I'm not sure. <laughs> uh, Jim was a character, and um, I suppose he built QPR, didn't he? Let's be honest. I mean, QPR would not be where they were if I had the been yeah. for Jim. And when you joined, you joined probably at the perfect time to join a club like QPR because we were coming back on the rise again and you had some terrific... Well, you were you were a legend to QPR and I, and I hope you feel that love from the fans. Yeah, I, I, I do get the, the the feel from the fans. Uh, but, you know, just uh, as, a, as, a, as a word on it, about the chairman, about Jim, uh, it was almost in the same week or two weeks that, that Terry Venables signed and people think that Terry Venables signed me but it wasn't Terry yeah. Venables who wanted me it was the chairman and uh, and the chair, the chairman he used to he used to treat me like his son and I, I heard he did the same thing with Stan Bowles I heard yeah. he did the same thing with Rodney Marsh and it's just it was just an honour and a privilege to have somebody like him looking after you he's a great man you wouldn't want to mess with him well no no, I've had a goal, like, but you wouldn't want to mess with him. No, no. Talking about contracts with him was hilarious, but uh, but he, he, you know, he probably he just he wouldn't let you get away with anything, and then two weeks later you'd find you'd got some money in your pocket that you didn't know where it come from, and uh, so he's like, he used, I think he used to like to win a fight, win a battle in a negotiation, and then surprise you later with a bit of love and care. So, yeah, but was, uh, I'm just going to say that, that that's what they were like at them days, weren't they, Simon? They were just, they were, they were local business people. They weren't these multi-glamour companies that run football now. They, they were just, when he was a car salesman, really, wasn't he? Let's be honest. Well, he, he, well yeah, he got garages. He got garages. He was a property developer more than a garage man, I think. Oh, yes, and, uh, but he was, he was very, I mean, like, he, he was a barrow boy who'd got a real eye for a deal. And, uh, you know, I've spent time in his office at, at um, I can never remember what it's called now, but anyway, I was in his office and listening, talking, him talking to people, the accent and like, you know, wide boy uh, attitude. It was like, it's just like being in a film. It's like, just like being in a, in a, in a London gangster film, like, but, but it, it wasn't gangster. It was, it was just tough end business, like, you know, 
It was, it was you know, I was only 20 when I signed at QPR. Were you that young? Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, I was yeah. just a kid. Yeah. Imagine, so coming to, to London at 20, joining QPR with that score, that team, and, and on the rise, it must have been some time, though, to, to think what the hell's happening. It must have been very shocked the system. Yeah, well, I came from Oldham. Like, you couldn't get much difference between Oldham and, and QPR. You know, it's like West End of London, <laughs> uh, north, north end of, uh, north of North End of Manchester. And uh, it was just, it was, for me, it was the, the, the happiest thing that ever happened to me in football, going to QPR. I just, I just dropped on. I could have gone to Chelsea and I picked QPR and I would, didn't pick the wrong team. I, I absolutely, Love my time at QPR. It was just, it was playing football, how I dreamed of it as a kid. Ah, and that's the thing I think, and also that number ten shirt at Rangers is so special as well, isn't it? I mean, that was as you say, you'd Rodney, you'd Stan, yourself. Yeah. We always we were really lucky, I think, throughout history that we've had so many decent number tens. Yeah. Well, I always say to people like, you know, my my ambition was to play in a cup final, uh, and my dream. <laughs> was to play the cup final wearing a number 10 shirt and the only number 10 shirt in England that, like, can compare... You know, I mean, the number 10 was, like, Platini, Pelle, uh, all these, like, that level of player, but it didn't really apply in England except for at QPR with Stan Bowles yeah. and, and, and Rodney. And to play in a cup final in the QPR number 10 shirt, there's nothing better than that, you know? It's, it's the top. It was a straight. I mean that, yeah, that cup final. I mean that was that must have been so proud to walk out amongst all that QPR support as well. Yeah, it, was, it, it was. It was just uh, an amazing thing to do, and uh, you know, particularly going back again to the semi-final, the actual knowing that you've achieved uh, the dream of getting into a cup final, being together with the players in the in the dressing room in the Arsenal dressing room after we beat West Brom. And, uh, you know, you could actually see out the dressing room. Uh, if you opened the, the windows, you could see all the fans in the street and you could see players, parents, players, family, and all the fans all mixed together. And going to make me cry. <laughs> ah, that's the whole point. That's why we do these things. And that was amazing. I mean, that was when I was in Northern Ireland then, but that must have been some achievement for a club like us to get to this. And that West Brom side were no mugs. They were, they were the top sides in the country. They were a top a, a top side in the, in the Premier League then, like, you know, and uh, Cyril Regis was a, a, a proper centre-forward, somebody difficult to get hold of. You know, we got, uh, they got the old Andy King that we had before. And Andy was capable of winning any game, like, you know, he's a really skillful goal-scoring midfield player. Uh, and at the back, you know, they've got, they got some really good players at the back. Derek Statham, probably the best left-back apart from uh, Sanson, that's, mm. that's, that's been in you know. Uh, unfortunate that he was born at the same time, you know. And, uh, exactly. I've played in England under-21s with both of them. You know, they're both both at the same age. And, yeah, West Brom were, were a tough team. But we, we, uh, we deserved to win that game. And we had a little bit of luck with a goal, but we deserved to win that game. We were a better team. I just, you know what, I often think about that final. I often think, 
if a few things hadn't gone against us, it would have been. I know you can't say that, but we were so we could have won that. It's just yeah, so I blame, unlucky. I blame the ref. I don't think the goal should have been disallowed, and I think the no. I think the referee had a soft spot for Spurs. I Seriously, playing playing the game, I felt like I got nothing off him, like you know, and I was like I was getting. You know, you're playing against uh, Paul Miller, and and he, he's a beast, like you know, he's gonna he's gonna if he can get away with you with it, he's gonna beat you up, and he, and he did, and he and the referee gave me no protection whatsoever. I wouldn't, you know, fair play to him, he's doing his job, but the referee should you know look after you a little bit more, especially in a final, like you know, and um, I, I felt as though uh, we we didn't get any any respect off the referee that he did, you know, I was. It was all like wanting wanting to cozy up to Glenn Oddle and uh, and Ray Clements and things like that, like you know, uh, and we were like the little upstarts. And he, he, I didn't think he was he, he refereed in a fair way. No, I'd agree with that, but I always thought that was because I'm bitter and twisted. But I think you're absolutely bang on. There was there was so many things, but you you didn't get any protection. Clive and the you know didn't get really anything off me that you know the, the first game we didn't get much off me though to be fair so it was it was but Clive you know we lost that final you know we lost that final without someone who makes a team play differently you know if you're playing against Clive you have to be very very aware that at any moment he could hit one and fly in the top corner yeah so by by playing with Clive it creates space for somebody like me so to do my little Nancy, like you know, just uh, do the, the the little clever things because they've overcompensated for Clive, and yeah. uh, because he got injured, that was another reason why we didn't win that. I think if he'd been fit, I, 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 you know, we didn't very often lose against Tottenham, you know, in in, yeah. in the time I was there, and uh, you know, I was never overwhelmed by playing at Tottenham, and um, you know, Glenn Oddle is a great player, but uh, I think we. I think we were just unlucky, you know. I mean, it happens, doesn't it? You know, I'm not crying about it. It's like, you know, <laughs> we're still... For me, honestly, my dream was to play in a cup final and, and I did it, like, you know, so I'm happy with that. And what a kit as well. I did I did love the tracks at tops. I loved the kit. I loved everything about that. It's just, it was a, it was a perfect QPR day, except yeah. the result, obviously. I think the, 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 the tracksuit the... tops were, uh, were, were the design of... Jim Gregory and Terry Venables at the same time. They wanted that. They wanted that respect for the hoops, like you know. Oh, brilliant! Yeah, well, they're making me cry now. <laughs> that was great, though. That you know, it's a good idea, and it, and you know, it's it's individual, isn't it? It's, it's unique. Well, it is. I mean, and also, it's it's iconic. If you see the hoops, especially if you're of a certain age and, and black and white. No one ever thinks of Reading. No one ever thinks of anyone. It's it's you know it's it's it'd be yourself, it'd be Tony Curry, it'd be Stan Bulls, Jerry Francis. You know what I mean? There's there's always iconic players in them as well that people can identify with. Yeah, yeah. You know, you, you know, know that we, me, we, me, 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 Tony Curry, and Jerry Francis played in the same team. That that take a bit of organising. It's like, Ooh. did did Jerry like, ever look you in the eye of them days and talk to you, or was he always looking at his feet? Yeah, well, he was. He was. Yeah, he was, Jerry's. Jerry's um, an individual, you might say. I, I, I like Jerry. Jerry helped me a lot in my game. He was. He, he was a player who used to try and make other players 
think about their football. And he, yeah. he, he showed me things uh, that coaches hadn't showed me. And uh, I, I I learned from him, like, you know, because he was quite a bit older than me. And, uh, but he was he was a very, very clever footballer. Very clever. And a, a decent bloke as well. Pardon? He's a great bloke as well, to be fair. It's a yeah, shame yeah. His, his time ended. When he came back for Rangers, for well, the first time he ended as a coach, he was superb. And it was a shame with the chairman, Tom's at the time. Funny enough, who had heard at QPR through the property business, which is Marler Estates, because of what happened with Jim and all that malarkey. And he came in through the back door because uh, Bullstrode died. Thompson took over. And um, yeah, he pissed off Jimmy Francis because he, he, he won an amount, which is a shame because we were like going places so well in them days. Yeah. And, you know, but also to play for England and Captain QPR and Captain England. I mean, cheapest. I mean, that's never going to happen. No, you know what I mean? No, never, you're right. It's never going to happen. But, you know, but they're doing all right, aren't they? You know, they're, they're, they're doing all right uh, this season. It's, it's looking brighter. Yeah, it's, it's let's say uh, when you played for QPR, you know what it's like. When it, when, it, when it goes well, it's brilliant. And when it doesn't go so well, we, um, Top teams we don't have a problem with. It's the little teams that we always mess up against, as you well know from your time at QPR. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's true. You can tend to take things uh, for granted a bit, like you know. But it's all right. We already played York City. What could possibly go wrong in the FA Cup? Yeah, I know. I know. It's strange that that. I think John Byrne played in that game, though, didn't he? He was quite a good player. You know um, what? He 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 was he was one of my heroes because I was young. And them days before I lost, I'll be here and got old and fat. And he he was a great player. He again another one for the number ten, but also someone else who didn't realise how much QPR meant he meant to the fans until he came back. So I'm just charging my phone as I'm talking to him because it's about to die because this phone is a bag of shite. Anyway, carrying on with the interview. Ignore me plugging me phone in because I hate this thing. But who was who who was your best pal? Would you say at QPR at the time? Sorry, who was your best fr- friend at QPR? He was. Uh, my best friend. We were we were roommates for for best part of five years. Me and John Gregory. <sighs> but um, I can feel some stories coming out. Yeah, there's plenty of stories there, but you can't tell them. Uh, um, it's uh, we 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 had a lot of fun, and we are we we there are some stories that we can tell, which are very very funny, which I will tell on Brilliant. the night. Well, I ain't going to do them now, but there's one about Wimbledon and the and the the Radio One DJ Mike Reed, and uh, uh, it's it, it's a really really funny story which I will share if someone reminds me. I'll, on the I'll, I'll, I know the person who's hosting it. I shall make sure they tell the Mike Reed story. Yeah, yeah. So the, the, and and Andy came out on Radio One. And followed up on what I told him, and he's like, and it was all, it was all, a, but it was all made up. So it was, um, uh, it, 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 it's quite a funny story, but uh, you wouldn't get away with it today. And he, and he, he he's never, but I've bet, met Mike Reed since a couple of times, and he won't speak to me. <laughs> <laughs> That's not a bad thing, though, Simon. Yeah, no, it's not the end of the world. I, th- I think I think you'll you'll get through life without speaking to Mike Reed. Yeah, well, to be fair, what he's going to be listening to is not what I'm going to be listening to. I'm into all these uh, all these rap DJs these days. So I think Mike Reed's had his day. He's like, uh, yeah. Was that was that when Kid Jensen before he went to Palace? Give me a bit. 
Was what? Was that when Ken Jensen was a QPR fan before he went to Palace? I missed the name. Uh, David Jensen, remember the kid Jensen, the DJ already won. He was a QPR oh, no. fan. Kid Jensen, yeah, yeah, David Jensen. Yeah, he. Well, you're breaking up. Say it again. Sorry. Yeah, he used to come to games with his uh, QPR shirt on. Yeah, yeah, he he, he buggered off apparently because he didn't like the plastic pitch. So then he went to Palace. Yeah, well, to be honest, like it, it served me well the plastic pitch, but I didn't like it either. So I'll tell you what that pitch when you think of what they're like these days of 5G pitches I mean that that pitch was the, the carpet burns Jesus no no I mean the pitches today uh, you know you see players having a bad touch and uh, uh, playing a pass that's too heavy and, and I just think like how on earth can you be that bad seriously play Playing on the conditions they've got these days, there's absolutely no excuse. And there's like, and there's so little individual, imaginary, you know, talented football. There's, for me, you know, like, I, I love football, but I love football for, for entertainment. And uh, the only player I can watch now is Neymar. Neymar. Really? Is the, and Neymar is on a different level to everybody else. He played in England a couple of years ago against Cameroon and Uruguay. I went to both matches just to watch him. And, wow. uh, and I, w- I wouldn't watch anybody. You know, I was like, uh, I just I wanted to go and see what he was really like live. And he was unbelievable. He got kicked to death by Uruguay. And, and people criticised him for diving and things like that. I mean, it's just self-preservation, the fact that he dives. And the, the skill, the touch, the pass, the eyes. I watched him play on Saturday for PSG. He was fantastic. Absolutely fantastic. And but you, he, you, but you uh, appreciate that sort of skill because that, that's the sort of player yeah. you were, to be fair. Apart from the diving, Sam, I'm, I'm sure you never dived in your life. No, no I, I was one of the... I didn't invent it, but... I've watched Rodney Marsh quite a lot and and Rodney was really good at it. So I I did use I did dive a little bit. But I think yeah. I, I think you should. I think you you know if you can gain an advantage from cheating, I think you should. <laughs> Why not? Depends. I mean, you know, obviously we don't agree with that sort of thing in this podcast, but I hear what you're saying and yes. Especially if it's against Chelsea, we should dive as many times as we want to beat them. Exactly. You know, when you're playing football, you're there, there are two things you've got to do. You've got to entertain and you've got to win. Yeah. If, you know, I, I, would, I would win at all costs, but I would, I would also like to take the piss a little bit. But you, you, you seem to, when you're playing, enjoy a wee bit of what they call banter these days with the opposition. Is that something you used to love doing? Yeah. I used to, I used to enjoy uh, <laughs> some of the comments that Senator Harves made uh, when things weren't going their way, and um, it's amazing how many how, how many footballers my wife went out with, according to them. <laughs> <laughs> I hear what you're saying. She's an angel. <laughs> yeah, was- no. You could get away with saying anything when we were playing. And we did. But 
it's too much respect in the game now. It's all about, well, you can't say this, you can't do that, you can't, you know, it's like, you don't even like, you don't even like play, you know, like, what was it, Paul Scholes criticising the Anthony for Manchester United for doing that trick. Um, oh, yeah. It spins around. I mean, like, you know, it doesn't serve any purpose apart from you taking the pitch out of the opposition. But it is quite difficult to do. And like, if he'd done it when I was playing, he'd have ended up getting brought Broughton Lake. But he, uh, but when I watched that, I thought, oh god, that's worth going to the game for to see somebody having a bit of fun, take the Mickey, gets the fans on his side, and Paul Scholes said, oh, no, I can't do that, you know. Hey, there's no respect there for the opposition, is there? Ah, oh, dear me, they drive, they drive me insane. These people. They've got they've got no sense of humour and no fun, and that it, it does my head in. Well, you, to, be, to be fair, you played with a smile on your face, and that was the difference. And you probably couldn't do that now, could you? You couldn't get away with some of the things you did because you enjoyed playing. And sometimes we make machines, not footballers. That that's the way it's gone. You know, it's gone uh, to be a bit more athletic, and uh, and uh, uh, there's less. You know, when you go to the academies players are coached from eight years of age and uh, if you coach anybody from eight years of age they'll be okay they'll be they'll, they'll be able to do a, a, a you know a decent game but they won't be able to make decisions for themselves because they never have to make one they're always told what to do and yeah. so and that if you watch if you watch Grealish playing for Man City you know he's there, there's a player with a lot of talent that was looked Fantastic for Aston Villa, and now he looks like he's just he, he's just circulating the ball. He's just like you know taking the ball up the left wing, turning his arse into it, play it back, make an angle, make a pass. He doesn't doesn't do anything. Just no. hundred million quid of a, a player. I, I could do what he's doing now. It's like just you just there's no risk in what he's doing, and um. It's you know it's the risk that makes people want to go to games, really, isn't it? It's like well, risk we can all watch. You can watch Premiership football, but you can't watch his talented players. That's what they don't like you watching, and that's why I went to football. People like yourself, people like Wiggly, people like Les Ferdinand, all these sort of people who would you know give just class players. Yeah. Well, I mean, like Les is not a player like me, is he? He's, he he's a different no, kind. Of, but but Les, you know. He's going to. It's going to be exciting watching him play. But he's going to be exciting watching him play if he's playing with somebody like Roy Wegley, because Roy yeah, exactly. he'll, he'll he will he'll recognise what he's good at and put balls where he needs them, and uh, and and then do his own little bit, which the fans love. Like you know, I mean, fans love it, don't they? When they see somebody do something different, it's like. I think that's the thing with the race you have with Clive, wasn't it? You did a lot of, you set Clive up a lot and I suppose Wigley Sinter would set up players and, and the, the strikers get all the glory. But it's good to keep your fans. I always think I've appreciated the, the number 10 role, that that beautiful yeah. footballer. Yeah, I, I, I agree with you. I think you got that in a nutshell. And, uh, and when I played, I used to get more satisfaction out of making goals and scoring goals. I used you were to... Pardon? You were never a greedy player, that's for sure. Uh, some people might say I was, but like you know, I'd only be greedy because they weren't good enough to get a pass off me. 
<laughs> uh, I would think you used your wisdom well. You, you know, I mean, you, you played for the team as much as anything. I mean, I know what you're saying. I mean, people would say, oh, you know, these players play for themselves, but they don't. I mean, it's the same thing with Stan. Stan was still a team player. People say, oh, he, you know, he did this, he did that. But Stan played for the team. You know, that's, yeah. that's the way he was. Terry Venables said to me uh, that Stan was the hardest training player he ever play, he ever played with or coached in his life. He said you can say what you like about in the bookies, this, that, the other. He said always the first one out for training, always the last one in. Yeah, but I said he, listen, it was easy with Stan, wasn't it? Because he liked the bookies. He he got photographed with topless women, all these sort of things. The tabloids loved him and stuff like that. There, so it was an easy tag to put on him but they did, I don't think they realised what a decent player he was because he didn't play for one of the big sides at the time as they, as, as they would call it yeah yeah he was he was a great player though but he, I mean he'd, he'd never have a bad touch ever you know, if, he was, if he was playing on these pitches now it'd be hilarious it, it, he's you know it's a little bit like Messi in his style of play you know and it's, I think he's uh, just a genius. But, but the trouble is, you, you said it yourself, you're not allowed to be that person anymore. Are you? You're not allowed to be Simon Steenrod today wouldn't be the Simon Steenrod in the 80s, that's for sure, because you wouldn't be allowed to be. No, I, I actually think I would have done something else because, like, uh, I, wouldn't be, I, I wouldn't be happy uh, from a young lad being told that you have to do this and you can't do that. And... Uh, uh, it's, um, I would have found the discipline really difficult. I would have found it boring, to be honest. Yeah. And um, so I don't know what I would have done, but um, probably an actor. <laughs> so, or, oh, you know. or a rock star, one of them. It's weird, isn't it? You say that, but it's so weird because we're on the podcast. We always find that people who are musicians wanted to be footballers and footballers wanted to be musicians. It's a yeah. very strange thing. Yeah. I play. I played football with a fella. I played. Yeah, I played with a lad who got the sack uh, from Sheffield United, and uh, I, I went for a drink with him when, the day he got the sack because he was upset. I yeah. took him from Sheffield, and I said to him, "What are you going to do now?" He said, "Well, I've got a couple of pals who are starting up a rock band, and I'm going to learn guitar." And he's uh, he's called Rick Savage. And he's the lead guitar for uh, Def Leppard. <laughs> I know. I know. I mean, but Ian, Ian Gillen was a big QPR fan back in the day. I don't know if you ever came across him. Yeah, no, I never came across him, but I, I, I heard that, yeah. And yeah. there was Debbie, there's a famous picture of Debbie Harry at Loftus Road. Yeah. Yeah. And Deb, Debbie probably came to see me, but, you know. Uh, of course she did. You yeah. know. She said, look, the pass up, that number 10 Stan Rod's got. He's got a great passing ability, of course. Yeah, she came, she came to try and uh, to try and check me out, like, but she was a bit old for me. <laughs> I mean, we, uh, don't forget we've got Glenn Matlock as well. Who else have we got? We've got Glenn Matlock, we've got Pete Doherty, we've got Robert Smith. So there's quite a few musicians that support QPR. Yeah, it's, and uh, it's, like, it's funny because I found the supporters of QPR to be very intelligent in, in their humour and, uh, and and the way they went about things. And I think it's reflected in the supporters of, uh, like, media stars that are, or, or, or music or actors. Um, they, they're all very individual, like Pete Doherty. You know, I mean, you... you, you, you I mean, 
I, I couldn't imagine Pete Doherty being a Chelsea fan. Oh, I know. That um, the lead singer out of Blurries, isn't he? Damon, Damon Alburn, he's a Chelsea fan. Well, I think what it was, they became, it's like the guy, Guy Richard, they became Chelsea fans when it was very trendy. Yeah, um, I think we're. I think we are more original than that. I think we are. We are the original trendy club, like you know, and uh, and you cannot. You can't actually be part of it unless you are genu- genuinely trendy, like you know. You oh can, God, I. You can't. You can't be a fan, a well-known fan of QPR, if you're not really that cool guy, like. Exactly, and if you're going to be the, a player for QPR, you're going to be. And you're going to be. I mean, I'm. I'm kind of setting myself up here to say that I'm cool, but I am cool. <laughs> and uh, yeah. and so you know, you got you. You've got to be cool to be to be somebody at QPR. Well, I think so. it goes with the iconic rules, doesn't it? The, the number ten, the haircut, the the shirt, the, the, yeah. the swagger. Yeah, I'd swagger before I went to QPR. No, we like to think we helped you with a shot, Swagger. We, we, we like to think we helped you. You used to get me into a lot of trouble, my Swagger. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah. When I, was, I, when, I was, when I was swaggering around my school and getting beat up at playtime, yeah, I was... Swagger's not always a good thing. Oh, I used to get beaten up as well and have my head put on the toilet and things because I was a Murphy Gubshite. It happens. But, you know, you didn't, stop, didn't stop me developing <laughs> The great person I am now doing the podcast, but do you you must? I mean, when was it, when you came back for the Forever Hour Simon? How long had that been since you've been back to QPR? How many years do you reckon? Well, God knows, thirty. Oh man, that's too long. That's too long. You should be back a long time before that. Yeah, yeah, I know, but I'm not. I'm not a go back kind of person. Like you know, I'm a. I'm a. What am I doing tomorrow? You know, uh, which is yeah. When I'm coming to QPR, I've been to Dundee and I've been to Falkirk and I've got like a special rapport there because I had a bit of fun up in Scotland as well. Uh, it's not the same as QPR, but it, it is special. And um, I, and I've not been there either. You know, it's like um, I could I could have done anything in Falkirk uh, after we won the league. They they would have elected me mayor. They without no. without. Without any doubt, like you know, I, I don't think anyone else would have got a vote. So it's like, and um, so I'm going back there, and that'll be a that'll be a ding dong do that one. It's like um, it was, but he's. It, I think it's when you get a little bit older, you do become that tiny bit more nostalgic. So well, you know, and to be fair with QPR, you've got a lot to be done. I mean, five years is a long time to be at any football club. To be fair, yeah, yeah. And there were five good years as well, like you know, and uh, even even the end, like you know, went went out with a bang, fell out with everybody, like got sent <laughs> off twice, got 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 suspended from the club. It was like uh, you know, I, I had a I had an allergic reaction to Venables leaving. <laughs> I can't think who replaced him. Uh, but it's 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 going to come back to me. Um, yes, yeah, Mr. Mullery. Uh, yeah. He, yeah, he was a character. He was, he, yeah. It's uh, so difficult because you know he had a great career, Alan Mullery, and he played in the same position as Terry Venables. 
but they did not speak the same language whatsoever, both from London uh, or Southern. And uh, um, I mean, I, I don't want to be too harsh on mothers because, you know, sometimes things don't go for you. I've had many things I've done for me in life, like, you know, but um, he didn't help himself at QPR. He was like, um, he, he made a bad start with his speech in the Guinness Lounge before before we went out training, um, you know, introducing himself to the players. We only spoke about him and how good he was and what he was going to do. And that he was, you know, basically saying that he was more talented than Venice. It's like, <laughs> yeah, it's a, it's, a, it's a strange thing, can I, you know. But uh, I, 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 there's lots of stories about him and the playing back from Bill Grade. Yeah, well, they might come out when I do my uh, my little stint. Uh, nice. if, if I was having a drink, I'd probably I'd probably say what happened, but I don't drink. So Are you? No, no, teetotal. So have you always been? T- have you always been teetotal, Simon? No, just um, I had. Uh, do you know what? Living in France, you kind of get into a um, a thing where you, it's like six o'clock and you see a pal and you go, oh, should we have a little aperitif? And then eight o'clock, you're having something to eat and should we have a little glass of red wine? And then, uh, and it becomes a habit. So I decided, oh, not that long ago, probably a year ago, just to um, go and um, get fit and... Um, I had an operation on my ankle. I've got like a, a metal ankle now, I've had an ankle replacement. And to get back from that was quite difficult. So I, I just decided I weren't going to drink anything and I was just going to work hard, train hard, going to sea, swimming. And uh, so I try and do like 45 minutes swim every day, go to the gym every day. And I don't have time for it. It's like, you know, so it's not that I wouldn't have a drink. You know, I might, I might have a, you know, if, if I was out with somebody and we were having a laugh, I might have a couple of beers, but it'd be rare, you know. So I'm not teetotal, teetotal. I've nah. never, met, never met anybody that done drink that's all right anyway. So, <laughs> but, <laughs> but no, I, I think uh, it's a getting older thing as well. You know, it tends to have a, a more adverse effect on you the older you get. I think, it, you know, it slows you down. And uh, Drinking hangover does. Yeah, and I'm and I'm feeling. I've got to tell you, I'm probably I'm feeling as fit as a fiddle at the minute. So, right. oh so, yeah. But, I mean, the uh, thing you could probably play for QPR again, Simon. No, uh, with your dodgy ankle. Yeah, I'm not allowed. I'm not. I'm not allowed to play uh, any sport, really. No. Uh, yeah, I play golf, but I'm useless. I used to play yeah. tennis. I was decent at tennis. Uh, you know, I played. I got got a doubles the ranking, a world doubles ranking in over fifty fives tennis, ITF ranking in the top thousand. It's <laughs> more than I've ever achieved. But I can't. Not allowed to play tennis now. Jesus! So, so is it swimming and gym? Swimming, gym, and golf. But like I say, I'm shite at golf, and it's going to drive me nuts. It costs. Mm. It cost me the price of a house to be, get any good at golf. Uh, <laughs> like, just cheat. Well, I would cheat. 
but I can never find my ball. I have to take. I, I walk around the course with a spare ball in my pocket. <laughs> Um, yeah, I played golf once and I, I wouldn't be doing that again. Now, before we let you go, well, I will say is, it's brilliant that you're coming back. I hope as many people get there on Sunday as possible and um, come down and, and meet yourself and have the crack and hear about them them days of like FA Cup finals, championship winning side and everything else because there must be an evening of stories and that would you'd probably have to do it in series. Yeah, yeah no, I'm, I'm sure that, you know, everybody coming down there, uh, it'll be good for them to get um, my point of view on things. They might have heard stuff from other people, like, and it'd be nice to get a little bit of a, a an inside info, you know, on the plane coming back from Belgrade. Uh, <laughs> other, other little things like, you know, getting getting ready for the cup final, getting ready for the semi final. How we did it, how we won the league, you know, how, how we did well in the pre- in the Premier League when we when we got promoted. And there's yeah. like you know, there's lots of stuff. All the players are characters, and there's you know, there's there's yeah, I'm I'm sure it'll be great, and and it'll be good getting the questions off the fans, like you know. So, but, so I, I, I but I, it annoys me, Simon. I don't think that championship winning side under Venables got the credit deserved. Kevin said, "Oh, offside, arm up, blah blah blah," but it was so much more than that. It was a proper for a talented team of players from this from the back to the front it was just we never got the credit we deserved in my opinion the ball was always on the floor we, we yeah. went past, passed it out from the bike and because the goalies couldn't kick it like like Peter Hooker could only kick it about 40 yards so you know he uh, he used to have to roll it out Glenn Roder Terry Fenny uh, even Bob Hazel Bob Hazel used to come out from the bike with a ball and like you know, we had a little routine, me and Bob, where he'd see me peeling off, and he'd clip it in. You know, there, there were a lot of good players and, and good defensive players, footballers. Yeah. Not, not just assassins. You know, uh, proper footballers who could all control and pass, and like they knew how to defend. So you're right. They, they were. It was a really, really good team. A really good team. And Venable's management then as well was was different class. He you know he changed so many things and 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 brought the game forward for for us to be in the old, the old second division them days. You played in the football. It was a, a little bit European, if I may say so, as well. It, it was very very European. Uh, I, I mean, like you know, people they always, in these days you think people watching football think that football's just been invented. We used to play quite similarly to Arsenal how they play now and Man City you know we, we, we were capable of keeping the ball and, and you know if we were one nil up with 10 minutes to go we weren't worrying we were like keeping the ball keep it moving take it in the corner come out the other way you know I, I find all that stuff boring now like but but, but we were we were doing it to teams you know, and good teams. You know, we were we were a hard team to play against. You know, we we've gone Arsenal when they had a good team as well, and uh, and we've confiscated the ball off them, like you know, and and that's that's what Venice used to say. You know, you you cannot get hurt if you've got the ball, so don't just boot it anywhere. No, you know? and we didn't, and we didn't, and that's what used to do. Experts say. Oh, it's offside. It's this. No, it was it was it was brilliant football, and it was some of the best football that people have seen that have been QPR fans for sure. Yeah, I think so. 
You're right. It's just, it's just annoying because we're, we're QPR, we never get credit. You know, and I just think that there's so many talented players that side. I mean, we had a centre half that could flip and shuffle. As you, you know, it's just like things that were so different. There, there, there is. I mean, John Stones is quite good at coming out with a ball at the back, and he's he's a proper footballer, John Stones. Yeah. Whatever you think about him, he's he's a very, very good player. Glenn Roder, miles better at coming out with a ball than him, and he's playing for Man City in their best ever, ever years. You know, Man City will never have a team like they've got now. No, or, or never had a team that that could that could dominate teams the way they do now. And no. Glenn Glenn Roder would walk straight into their team. Yeah, he should have got a lot more England caps as well, and Fenwick at the time as well played for Rangers. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But you know, it's like you say, if they were playing for a, well, I mean, Terry Terry got capped more when he went to Tottenham, didn't he? Yeah. Uh, because they were so-called trendy side well not a trendy side but a big side but we were yeah. better I mean we've got I'm a, and one thing I love about our fans is they always appreciate someone who gives them a different who's a wee bit different who who loves the ball and you, you were that man and yeah. I'm not surprised the fans loved you as much as they did because you were something not just different but so bloody talented cheers mate couldn't yes. agree more <laughs> I, 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 I expected nothing else before Simon, if you had turned around and said, Oh no, it wasn't me, it was someone else, it made me a better player. I like the honesty, it's much better. So, listen, fella, I, thank you so much for spending some time with us. And we'll touch just touch the surface, there's a lot more to come out on um Sunday. And um, they get the tickets, is it? How, how do they get the tickets for the events? Don't, don't ask me, so you know, speak to my agent. <laughs> yeah, I think it's. Uh, event 105 anyway I'll put a link up and they can come down and everyone get down as you can and, and support the event because these legend evenings are brilliant and um, certainly people of my age would, would really enjoy themselves so Simon good luck for Sunday and hopefully I'll bump into you one day at Rangers when you come back to see another game yeah yeah I'm looking forward to coming to a game I hope to get to, hope to get promoted this year and then uh, you know maybe come towards the end of the season this season see a game at QPR oh mate it's, it's, it's class and you'll feel the love again because People have not forgotten about you. We, we we never forget our heroes, and you're certainly one that's not easy to forget. That's for bleeding sure. So I'm a long way that continue, fella. So thank you and enjoy yourself on Sunday more than anything. Cheers, Paul. Thanks a lot. No Cheers. worries, fella. Cheers. Take Thanks care. For